Welcome, listeners, to the Radical Life Support podcast series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. We are so glad you're joining us today. We start each Attribute of God episode with a quote from A.W. Tozier, which states, What comes into your minds when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Today, we are going to talk about the letter Q, that God is quiet. In order to focus on this attribute that God is quiet, we will also be using words like rest, stillness, and silence. The point is to show contrast. God doesn't just work in the big, but also in the small. He isn't just loud like roaring ocean waves, but also quiet, like the crystal clear stillness over a lake on a windless day. Yes, God is almighty and can do huge, fantastic miracles to draw people to him. But the tiniest touch of God can have the greatest life-changing impact in a person's life. That personal touch in still moments shows God's intimacy, his love, and the value of the person being touched. This is why God draws us to quiet times, and he calls us to silent places so we can better know him. And think about it. God is invisible. We need a space of quiet to focus on this unseen God. Instead of using your eyes, you have to use your other senses, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, and use your imagination. To do that, you need to be still. God knows this about us, so he calls us to embrace quiet places with him. If we are overstimulated with worldly things, it will block our awareness of the unseen world around us. Sarah Young of Jesus Calling says, as if God's talking directly to us, spending time alone with me is the best way to develop seeing eyes and hearing ears. The goal is to be aware of unseen things even as you live out your life in the visible world. I would say that the most famous verse for this attribute would be Psalms 46.10 that says, Be still and know that I am God. If we take this verse as it stands, it appears that one of the best ways to know God is to be still. This entire study on the ABCs of the attributes of God has been about knowing God rightly. And spending time with him and believing he is a God of the quiet is a beautiful way to know him the way he should be known and the way he wants to reveal himself to us. You won't learn this attribute through knowledge alone. You need to experience it with God. I heard one translation of being still to mean cease your busyness, but my NIV commentary actually says that the Hebrew for this phrase should be translated as God saying, enough, stop, and know that I am God. Whatever direction you have been going to understand who I am, he says, stop, be still, and know the real me. God promises if we seek him, we will find him. Seeking God in quiet spaces is to learn how to know God by Him directly, not just hearing through pastors, teachers, or reading books, or even listening to podcasts like this about God. Spending time alone with God is the key to having a relationship with Him. In relationship with spouses and friends, we get to know them better if we get together often and talk to them and listen to each other's stories. That's how relationships work and grow and become stronger and deeper. You can't get to truly know anyone if you are not with them personally and get the truth straight from their mouths. It's our responsibility to find the truth about him. The Bible is where you find the direct truth about God and Jesus. It is God's words about himself. So when you are alone with God, 
Having the Bible with you as your companion helps you to have confidence and assurance that what you are learning about God is right and true. So how does God reveal he is quiet through the word? Psalms 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 62.5 says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isaiah 30.15 says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. When you are all turned up inside, worried, overwhelmed, depressed, or in fear, God shows you the benefits you receive by knowing God is quiet and that you will find rest in his presence. A similar verse from Isaiah 32.17, The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. We are strengthened by God's quietness and steadied by our trust in him. But both of these verses say that a spirit of repentance and righteousness are present beforehand. Once our hearts are cleansed from sin and we have a desire for doing God's will, then we have the strength and confidence promised. And we accomplish this through quiet trust. A couple of verses I search seem to indicate that God can demand silence in his presence, and especially in the case of standing before his judgment seat. In Habakkuk 2.20, it says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. And Revelation talks of a silence in heaven. Normally, heaven is always filled with praising and glorifying God, but Revelations 8.1, it says, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Something of great significance was about to happen, and it was preceded by silence. Psalms 37.7 Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Men thought they had successfully killed Jesus. But we know that God used his son's blood and death to bring salvation into the world. God can turn tragedies into victories. What do you do when God appears silent or he asks us to wait patiently for him? In these times, we can practice a discipline of delay. Delay does not mean God doesn't care. Abraham was promised a son and had to wait until he was well into old age. But Abraham had faith and believed God would accomplish it. And God was pleased with his righteous faithfulness. When God is silent, it may mean that the answer to your prayer is no. Paul asked God to remove his thorn in the flesh, but God said, My grace is sufficient. So instead of being mad at God about the answer, he decided to rejoice in his thorn that God would be glorified all the more. James 5, 7-8 says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Practice the discipline of delay during times of silence. Let God know you are willing to wait for his best. Sometimes a silent time is a trial to test your faith to see if you will be faithful to him during the delay. How does God reveal he is quiet through creation? We live in a loud society. I heard a study that there were few places in the world anywhere where there is total escape from noise of unnatural sources. 
There are either jet planes, trains, freeways, construction, etc. In our homes, we have all kinds of electronic devices that are constantly pinging us with notifications. Televisions, washer and dryers, heaters and air conditioners. The constant noise can make us stressed and irritable. We have to work hard to find a quiet place, even in our own homes, to calm and settle our hearts and minds. God placed Adam and Eve in a beautiful, quiet garden to talk to and have a relationship with them. That must have been such a peaceful, quiet garden. Psalms 23, 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Have you ever been in a place on earth where it just calmed you and you didn't have a care in the world? Walking through forests do that for me. There is a canopy of trees, birds singing, sunlight through the leaves rustling. How you feel from external surroundings is a picture of how you can feel internally with the Lord beside you. In our culture, busyness and overload of activity seems to be equated with accomplishment. We feel if we're not busy, then our lives have no meaning. So we add more and more to our schedules. There are just not enough hours in the day, we say. If your life is really that crazy busy, let some things go. Sometimes you just have to say no to doing one more thing in your life. God's ways are not the world's ways. God is not in a hurry. Have you noticed that? The world's ways say go, 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 and more, more, more. But test God and what I am about to say. A leisurely pace is better for your spiritual well-being and will accomplish more than hurried striving. You see, if you trust God and how he orders things for our health and well-being, if you trust his ways and his creation, you will get everything done in less time. He will see to it and bring you favor for your faithfulness and trust in him. When I think of God as quiet in creation, I think of the story of Elijah, who was overwhelmed and exhausted from doing an intense ministry, and he ran out into the desert to escape. The Lord fed him, he slept, and then the Lord fed him again to be refreshed. And then the Lord said in 1 Kings 19:11-12, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And then it says that Elijah heard it and responded. He had enough discernment to know God's voice because he said he was listening for it, but he didn't hear it in the wind, earthquake, and fire. God can speak loudly or softly. That is his choice. He doesn't only speak in whispers, but you might miss it if you never calm your soul and enter into his presence. So how does God reveal he is quiet through Jesus? I never imagined Jesus in a hurry. He was always willing to stop what he was doing or where he was going to heal someone, give a word of instruction, answer a question, or any situation that presented itself. Whatever Jesus did, he modeled what we should do and how we are to live our lives on this earth. Jesus prayed publicly, but he often withdrew to be alone with his Father. Jesus did this to show us to have a special place and time for prayer. He didn't own a home, but he sought places of prayer wherever he went. Matthew 6, 6 says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
This indicates that this time alone is vitally important to your faith and should be held in special regard, and it is not something you brag about. I just want to interject one little thing regarding posture in prayer. Consider sometimes praying on your knees as Jesus did in the garden. Matthew says he fell with his face to the ground. You don't have to pray this way, but Jesus did in a time of agony in his prayers. When Jesus was at Lazarus' tomb, it said just before he prayed to the Father that he looked up. You don't have to have your head bowed down in order to be in the proper position before God. He prayed out loud, too. So feel free to do all the things that Jesus did. Jesus pleased the Father in everything that he did. So it will please God if you do those things, too. Jesus said in Matthew 11:28, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When we spend quiet time with Jesus now during our lifetime, this is the closest we get to knowing his humble heart. How do you know in your quiet time who to pray to? Although all three members of the triune Godhead are God, they are also three separate persons, the Father, the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. To answer this question, I believe you can look to scriptures and follow what Jesus said and did. For example, he said to address God as Father, as he addressed God as Father. Jesus said to pray in his name and ask for anything in his name. Jesus also said the Holy Spirit would guide us into truth. So my interpretation is that we pray to him for truth and guidance. Follow how Jesus prayed and instructed. In my devotions, I have often taken time to address each member of the Trinity and praise each one for who they are. This way, it is like having a relationship with all three instead of just one. How does God reveal he is quiet through our hearts? My mother told me once that every morning Jesus is waiting for us in a quiet sitting room to come and visit with him. God is constantly asking us to set our lives down for a while and rest in his presence. Not just first thing in the morning, but how about also at lunchtime and maybe before bedtime? He longs to set our heart and minds in a peaceful place of trust and reassurance. Being consistent is key. The times you least want to do it are probably the most important times you need to do it. When you are lowest, it is the most necessary because you are vulnerable. This can sometimes be a battle for our time, and it is a battle of the flesh. There are spiritual battles, too. The enemy does not want you to be in God's presence and praying all the time because he knows when you do this, it puts you in a position of strength and power. When you keep your life focused on God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. You will start producing fruit of love, kindness, gentleness, faith, joy, and self-control, all unconquerable weapons against the enemy. Oswald Chambers says the main thing about Christianity is not the work we do, but the relationship we maintain and the atmosphere produced by that relationship. This is all God asks us to look after, and it is the one thing that is being continually assailed. You need God in your spiritual well-being, so rearrange your priorities, invest in your quiet time, fight for your quiet time, give all your battles of the flesh and your spiritual battles to the Lord, and you will see victory. What are some of the things you can do in your quiet time? There isn't a right or wrong way, but here are some suggestions. Find a nice, comfortable setting somewhere, inside or outside, whatever suits your personality. 
What is key is finding a buffer zone of silence. You can focus on the unseen God. I have found having a routine is helpful, but maybe you want to find a new setting every day like Jesus. The logistics are not as important as the desire to be with God in relationship. Make sure it doesn't become a ritual or legalistic. Mentally set down your daily agenda with all its distractions and focus on Him. Seek Him with your whole heart, but also understand that He is already there in your midst. Whatever the setting, Think of your space as being on holy ground as you enter into his presence. Praise him for one of his attributes and seek to set your mind rightly on who he really is. Maybe play a praise song if that helps you focus on him. Of course, read the Bible, his very words to us. Meditate on Bible promises that apply to your current situations to get them deep down in your heart. Talk conversationally. Say something like, Lord, I'm anxious right now about my children's future. The Bible says to cast your cares upon Jesus. Write down your prayers and prayer requests in a journal if that helps you to get them off your mind and onto paper. But don't make the time just about asking for things. It is about relationship, relationship, relationship. Specifically find a moment to be perfectly silent and let him speak to your heart. You will get better at this as you practice to hear his voice with more clarity. If you have anything to confess, do so, keeping a daily account before God of your sins. It is beneficial to start your day in a holy right place and remember God's mercies are new every morning. Take deep breaths and relax. Once you are at peace, present your agenda for the day to him. But let him know that you will make any adjustments in it as he leads, because you want his agenda, not for him to bless your agenda. We never know what a day will bring, what unexpected pressures may come our way. If our hearts are right about God and we have the right attitude, we will have that inner peace to face any challenge with grace and fortitude. That can be our greatest witness to others in how we face adversity and hardships. And when people ask us what the difference is with us, we can say we have a continuing relationship with an amazing God and we get up every day and put our trust in Him. In that quiet space, you will find peace, discern His plans, make godly decisions, get wisdom, lay down your burdens when you're feeling overwhelmed, prepare your heart before a task, get an adjusted perspective, receive corrective heart convictions, benefit from his comfort, feel his love, hear his voice, know he is with you, and so many other blessings, rewards, and favor you will receive. Remember he is the God of the whole universe, and he is able to work all things out for the good of those who love him. Seek to have a vital, fresh, faithful relationship with him by being in quiet communion with him every day. Living a radical life for Jesus means believing that God is quiet. Thank you again for listening today. If you know of anyone who can benefit from hearing about God is quiet or any of God's other wonderful attributes, please share this episode with your friends and family. If you have a question about God from our episodes, please email us at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be talking about the letter R. Talk to you then. Music